If you're enjoying the auditorium and want to see us live, we've got eight smashing events on at the 2015 Brighton Festival in the Bosco Tent. These are running throughout May, and each night we'll have different guest speakers, including auditorium favourite John Higgs, Chumbawamba singer Dunstan Bruce, Wiccan priest Ralph Harvey, Robert Llewellyn from Red Dwarf, and Hugh Warwick, who will be talking about how hedgehogs have sex. To find out more, get your tickets and book your biscuits, then visit the Auditorium website and click on events. And don't forget, it's going to be hosted by me, Dr Bramwell, everyone's favourite Auditorium co-presenter. Uh, second favourite? Uh, first favourite. Second favourite. First, I think you'll find it's first favourite. I've seen the stats. Second favourite. It's not, it's first, mm. it's first Welcome to the Auditorium, a portal to the fringes of culture. I immolate this victim to thee, O Grand Adonai, Elohim, Ariel, and Jehovah, to the honour, glory, and power of, insert thy name, uh, well, Dave Matfield, which is superior to all spirits, O Grand Adonai, <coughs> I vouchsafe to oh, receive dear. this as an acceptable offering. Amen. Sorry, mate. Let the victim be consumed D D by Dave. the flames. Dave. To the to the grand Dave, 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 what, Dave, what, what, what are you doing? What do you think I'm doing? I'm trying to invoke a demon into the room. Hang, wait a... I, listen, I was not consulted about this. What, what, was this on a memo or something? Because, I, I don't know, it's pretty... Why? What, have you what, seen our listener figures? No, I, what, what are they at? Are they at anything? Well, he's gone, hasn't he? But we were really nice to him. We would try to be nice to him. We posted him biscuits and everything. We did. We answered his mail. <sighs> I've even cleaned his car last week. So, so okay, hang on a minute. So what's, what's the plan? How does the devil come into it? <sighs> Look, our click-through rate is down. Our number of unique visitors is down. Our average listening time is down. We've got to do something. Well, yeah, but they're all just at zero anyway, so down. OK. Um, yeah, so you're saying what we... The devil or some associated uh, colleague of the devil's will... Will help we'll, us with we'll that. Get our listening figures up. Yeah, uh, uh, I've, I've um, offered your soul to the devil, but uh, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Whose soul? Um, offered what to the who? Uh, yours. I'm not sure you're allowed to do that. I mean, I, for starters, you know, I have a lot of ethical issues. Hey, with hey! This. I'm throwing the rule book out here. Well, I know you're running it up a flagpole seeing who salutes, and uh, uh, look, okay, okay, look, we can go with it, all right, but can we not offer, I don't know, m maybe not... Sandwiches? Yeah, something less than a soul. I mean, I, you know, it seems like I might need it. I don't know. I immolate this victim, oh, grand Adonai, to the honour, glory and power of some sandwiches. It just doesn't have the same... Devils need sandwiches, don't they? I Surely everyone they needs a sandwich. Let's make him a really nice pack lunch. A lovely sandwich. With yeah. a Tunnock's wafer. Yes. A, a lovely apple. BLT. Bottle of ginger beer. Come on. Okay. All right. Okay, Dave, Dave, I have to say, what? where did you get this idea from? You know, what, what inspired you to do this crazy thing in the studio? Well, I think, actually, it was, it was, seeing, uh, it was seeing Father Jimmy Burke giving this talk at the at the Catalyst Club in Brighton uh, um, in 2014. Mm. And uh, I suppose he, 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 he planted that seed in my head. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Sorry. They go around pretending to be holy. They do this every time. They do. They do. Not can we trusted. Can, can we listen to it? Maybe inspire others? That is actually, surprisingly, is our podcast of choice for today. This is number 12, which is a... Isn't that a key number in... No, it 12, isn't. yeah. No. 12 apostles. 
12 um, f- chocolate fingers in a Cadbury's finger pack. There's 12, all, 12 days of Christmas. 12 days of Christmas. 12 months in the year. 12, 12 dwarfs. 12, exactly, 12 dwarfs. Yep. So, uh, Father Jimmy Burke is next, giving a talk about demonology and how it, demons can be viewed uh, as a both, a, both a positive and negative entity, not just the bad guys who no. wear good trousers. They get a bad rep, don't they? But really, demons are just a tool like anything else. They just want to be loved. I do exercise thee and do powerfully command thee, O thou spirit, that thou dost forthwith appear unto me here before this circle, in a fair human shape, without any deformity or tortuosity. And by this ineffable name, Tetragrammaton Jehovah, do I command thee, at which being heard, the elements are overthrown, the air is shaken, the sea runneth back. The fire is quenched, the earth trembleth, and all the hosts of the celestials, the terrestrials, and the infernals are confounded and troubled together. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight you will learn something of demons and the ancient science and art of exorcism. What you have just heard was an excerpt from the veritable Key of Solomon. Uh, a book of demonic evocation from the 1600s, but believed by many to be of much more ancient provenance. Demons, what are they? Well, supernatural beings. They inhabit another plane of existence, uh, different from our own, perhaps more tenuous, uh, often called the astral plane in New Age shops. Um, (laughs) Demons can be nature spirits. That means fauns, leprechauns, mermaids, satyrs, gnomes. And those spirits were thought to inhabit the natural world inside stones, trees, rivers, mountains, caves. Uh, And that belies the human belief in animism, which is a belief that inanimate objects contain a consciousness. And this is a kind of very anthropomorphic way of looking at, at the world. Or perhaps they're fallen angels. And in the Old Testament, certainly... Um, They're presented as fallen angels, which is interesting because it suggests that being a demon is not a matter of genus or substance, but it's a matter of moral affiliation. So you're a demon if you're opposed to God, whereas if you're a spirit in affiliation with God, you're an angel. Or perhaps they're ghosts or ancestor spirits or forces that are manifested from traumatic events. A ghost can be a demon, a demon can be a ghost, but they're not necessarily the same thing. Foreign gods, the gods of our enemies or deposed gods were often made into demons. So the Israelites demonized the gods of the Romans and of the Babylonians and the Christian, the early Christians demonized the gods of the Celts. Now the Israelites were very fond, as most peoples were, of demonizing the gods of their enemies. So the Canaanites had a god called Moloch and in the Old Testament it says that the Canaanites burnt their children in sacrifice to Moloch. Now, that interpretation has been disputed by anthropologists and it's believed that perhaps the Canaanites had an initiation ceremony for babies as innocuous as baptism where a baby was passed over fire. But for the Israelites, it was about burning their own children. But I would argue that it's not a very sustainable strategy for a tribe (laughs) to burn all your children. I looked at loads and loads of demons and made a shortlist for this presentation because it's a very brief presentation. And what I found was striking um, 
in its significance, and that is that every single demon I looked at has got a heavy metal band named after it. <laughs> Lucifer, Baal, who you haven't seen tonight because I cut him out earlier, Moloch, yeah, burning babies, Asmodeus, yeah, king of the nine hells, and Lilith. Uh, and it's interesting that these demons uh, live on through the bizarre and yet strangely apt medium of heavy metal music. <laughs> There's demons in every culture, um, Indian, um, Arabian, where they have the jinn, from which we get the term genie. Demons are agents. They have agency. They have will, as it were, but they don't necessarily have a fully formed consciousness. And there was a belief in, in antiquity that if somebody had truly malevolent thoughts, a part of their will could detach and go out and wreak havoc in the world. And so if my neighbour, for instance, lets his cat crap in my garden, you know, I might be so obsessed with hatred for the guy that a part of my will detaches and goes off and makes him crash his car or, or something like that. And this kind of thinking is behind a lot of the witch crazes of the, uh, uh, the medieval period and a lot of that uh, hysteria and persecution. But demons were also kind of... Uh, they, they were slaves, servants, familiars, um, and well, it was believed that they acted as an intermediary between a witch or a wizard and the devil himself. And, and of course, familiars were actually bestowed by the devil in some cases, or they were created by a witch or wizard, often using their own blood or semen. Exorcism isn't just driving demons out. It's also calling demons forth uh, to do thy bidding. And the most successful exponent in history was the legendary King Solomon, who enslaved the 72 demons of the Goetia and actually made them uh, carry out lots of the construction work on the first temple in Jerusalem at 380 BC. Subsequently, he imprisoned them in a brass vessel and threw it in the sea, um, which is, I think that's a, a fantastically uh, uh, sustainable way of dealing with demons. Um, unfortunately, the Babylonians came and opened them up again and they were released back into the world sometime after. Now... The magician, the exorcist can control the demons, and perhaps one of the most credible exponents of uh, demonic magic was John Dee, who was uh, an advisor to Queen Elizabeth I in 1600s and carried out a number of operations with his sidekick, Edward Kelly, uh, working with what he called spirits that he called the Enochian angels. But they're quite morally ambiguous for angels, uh, and as an example, they commanded uh, John Dee and Edward Kelly to do a bit of medieval wives swapping and to swap wives. Now, John Dee was quite, you know, being a Christian man, he was quite perturbed by that, um, especially because his wife was better looking than <laughs> Edward Kelly's. Alistair Crowley, the great beast, notorious magician, uh, had congress with lots and lots of demons over his very long career. So Abuldes and Iwas, his own personal daimon, who he believed communicated to him the principles of a new religion. But how do you do it? How do you invoke demons well first of all you need a grimoire which is a book of invocations now i've already you've already heard something from the veritable key of solomon we've talked about the goetia there's loads more from the middle ages the black pullet there's uh, the sacred magic of abramelin the mage the book is the first thing gives you your instructions you need to inscribe a circle on the ground, and this is to protect, protect the magician. So you would stand in the middle, and the, the sacred names that bound the circle would protect you from the malignant forces that you were invoking. The demon itself would manifest itself in the triangle, and demons respond 
to magicians who know their name, know their seals, know the angels that combine them, know the demons that are in charge of them. And of course, there's all kinds of other accoutrements. There's saws, there's wands, there's altars, incense, a creepy old castle if you can stretch to it. <laughs> and these magicians, they, yes, they were after treasure. Yes, they were after hot chicks. Yes, they were after power. But also, there was quite a laudable... Um, um, goal for a lot of magicians too. They're after knowledge, they were knowledge of the future and the past, they were interested in philosophy um, and they also were interested in, bizarrely, things like skills in geometry. So moving on quickly, modernity. So after the Enlightenment, a lot of superstitions fell away, science became to, uh, came to have a predominance gradually over religion and demons were explained medically and in terms of psychology instead. And the new exorcists, of course, were the psychiatrists and they were the therapists. And we've got the Freudian understanding of the subconscious mind as well, which kind of displaced the idea of a spirit world. And the subconscious mind, the Freudian subconscious mind, was a place where forces that we can't control dwell and sometimes seem to work against our own interests. In the medieval period, demons, uh, madness was explained as the activity of demons in the modern era what had been called a demon was now called neurosis. And it's possible to think about personal failings in terms of demons, and this technique was used in the Golden Dawn. Uh, it was possible to kind of like think about a personal failing, say, for instance, shyness or um, dull-wittedness, objectify it as a demon, create a demon to objectify that, perhaps through a painting or a sculpture, and then banish it through repeated magical rituals and the destruction of the painting, the destruction of the sculpture. And this ob objectification of demons was quite common because probably a lot of people know that Winston Churchill had a real problem with depression, and he objectified his depression as a black dog. You've probably heard about this. And he'd talk about his black dog days. And perhaps that's a way of making an abstract, subtle, powerful force intelligible for us. And in fact, if you go on the internet and look up depression now, plenty of websites, the black dog has entered common parlance uh, as a metaphor for depression. And what is the black dog? It's a demon. So what are your demons? Do you drink too much? Do you smoke? Are you shy? Because folks, the demon is in you, unfortunately. <laughs> That's the bad news. And let's return to Mara briefly. Mara the tempter. So there you are, you're trying to be good, you're trying to have your, your five fruit and veg a day. You're, you're, you're trying to stick to your government guidelines on alcohol and not smoke. And what does Mara do? Oh, throws in a piece of cake. It's, it's not on. And perhaps objectifying your feelings as a demon can have some psychotherapeutic benefits, certainly in terms of making your impulses intelligible. Now then, um, are demons always bad? And there are many um, great figures from history who were said to have been driven by demons. For instance, Napoleon is a good example because he was a very short man. And it's believed that his stature was a major insecurity for him. And that led him to kind of like drive himself to take over uh, um, and have rule over most of Western Europe and North Africa. Um, and it's interesting how many pop stars Rock stars, authors, politicians are driven by secret feelings of inadequacy. It's, I think that's a fascinating, you know, because demons, these demons, cracking the whip, 
biting at your heels, gnawing at your tender insecurities, perhaps they provide a powerful impetus to achieve. And so maybe some of these demons are worth hanging on to. And so is the choice one of peace of mind and mediocrity or tortured triumph? So I would argue we're surrounded by demons and you can stick the label on whatever malignant force or entity you choose. I don't think you can nail it down. Ladies and gentlemen, God bless you all. In nome di Padre, si Filio, Spirito Santo. doing this Dave come on let's get on with it alright ok that's the grimoire yep ok what page was it uh 20 23 23 of course it was invocation for demon of better filing it just occurs to me why don't we just go on for accountancy and do the whole thing we need to do this ok alright have you seen the state of our yeah, files yeah no I know Right, what do we need? Okay, you've missed the checklist. Um, okay. Uh, goat skin. Uh, bit of a problem. Uh, got some fake fur boots. Slippery things. Okay, uh, f flint for, for fire, for lighting. Well, a uh, big lighter. You know, that's not bad. Bottle of brandy? Yeah, budgetary. Quite expensive. I could only really run to uh, a can of shandy. Sounds. Demons probably won't know the difference. Okay, last one. <clears throat> Four nails from the coffin of a dead child? Yep, yeah, piece of piss, there you go. <clears throat> Great, okay. Right, so, what terrible spirit are we going to invoke? Here we go. I invoke thee, Grand Adonai, Elohim, Ariel, and terrible spirit of the netherworld, into this room. Ooh. Talking about terrible spirits. That was quick, wasn't oh, it? hello. Hello, there. Hello, it's, it's Lance, our producer. Good yeah. lord. And he has what with a him. surprise. I've bought some spirits. Uh, hey, I love what we've done. See what you did there. there. Did I you love remember, it. Uh, oh, how many weeks ago was it? About, uh, about 10 weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. 23, 23 weeks. weeks ago, yeah. It's only allowed to be 23. Going to move the mic. Uh, do you remember you uh, asked, I, I, I said, you know, what else do you want me to infuse? And you said uh, hazelnut uh, vodka. We, we did. We this, did. Was, this was in response to our, our uh, first ever talk. Very first. Very first yeah. ever podcast on the martini. Yes. And, and you said, and why aren't there more rhubarb uh, drinks? We I had did. Rhubarb it was a flippant flippant and, and we found out why, didn't we? we, we <laughs> Actually, we quite liked we it. We did it like rhubarb. Yeah. Yeah. And you said, could I do anything with hazelnuts? And I can't. So <laughs> I put in something completely different. Right. Uh, but it's still alcohol-based. Now, I bought in um, two in little jars That's here. Now, this one I've already jars. been at. So not today. It's worth saying, I think, at this point, that, that uh, to remind listeners that... Uh, the auditorium podcast is about passion and singular passions mm. and while Mr Mountfield and myself have a bit of a passion for biscuits Lance has a bit of a passion for making unusual booze smelling booze. oh my lord so this is vodka it's very strong it's very dark brown yeah okay be careful because even though it tastes like you think oh that's a nice drink that's actually just neat whatever it is I'm going to say that this is something coffee is this coffee yes based? you've got coffee you've got coffee it's coffee and something. I like it. It's coffee, coffee and sugar. And well, it's coffee. LSD. It's got um, some simple syrup coffee in order to sweeten it up. So, uh, coffee and, and syrup. What's um, the alcohol base? 
Amaretto? Is it amaretto? Oh, is it not? It's no, not vodka. I've been eating them probably because I'm uh-huh. kissing you earlier. It's oh, no, yeah. It's yeah. not It's not vodka then? No, no. It's something different. It's another one. It's two other ingredients. Bre- rum. Is it rum? No. Gonna, Tequila. I'm going to hurry you. Uh, brandy. Bourbon. It's got a bit of vanilla in there. Oh, so, okay. and all you do is guess it's uh, it's just takes about three or four weeks, and it's really nice, really really pokey as well. It's like half a bag of coffee beans, right? Smash to pieces, chuck them in a jar, pour in half a bottle of uh, bourbon on it, a little bit of uh, vanilla. It's really sound like um, Jamie Oliver. I'll stop yeah. that. Bosh bush, <laughs> bush bush together, <laughs> basically, and then you leave it for about a month, and you, it's really pokey, and you, you kind of think, oh, this is just like a nice brandy Alexander. This would be this would be the white perfect drink for something like a driving test, wouldn't it? Or an <laughs> yes. exam, <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep you really. Focused yet confident. Focused and relaxed. But you can really yeah. easily drink an awful lot of it and forget with and cream. Fall over. I tell you what, with experience. cream but and then, ice. Yeah, the weekend. Um, but then I thought one's not enough because coffee standard. So if you could finish off, oh, you're allowed to forget. You've got a that second much. one. Yeah, I've got a second oh. one this this week. It's on the theme. So now, jeez, that's strong. Because it's just oh. it's just like drinking whiskey. There's nothing clever. Now this one hasn't even been I haven't even strained this one. Oh, right. from a different. There, might, there might be bi- different bits in this. Yeah. So is this the same base? Okay, same basis. It's a bourbon. What have I done with it? Oh my god, you've mixed it with rocket fuel. Well, it's definitely again coffee. I think. No, it's not. It's not. Um, I'm not a clue. This. Okay. This has got cacao nibs in it, so that's basically the base of chocolate. Chocolate, yeah. Crushed up three weeks. Now I think chocolate. We're going to be high as a kite, aren't we, for Mm, for the rest of the day? Hot bananas. That's. Extraordinary. Do you like it? I'm not sure I'm I not do. Sure. <laughs> I think I should leave it for another two weeks. The coffee, nice. coffee, coffee, vanilla bourbon that's is, is really that's, good. That's, that's, that's great. And with a bit of cream or something. I like your thinking. Yeah. Okay, then. Uh, what do you want next time? I wonder if. Chocolate wine. I know. That I was, that's what I'm thinking. With a Garibaldi. Garibaldi. Which we've got left over from three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't believe you let them sit around. They're a bit soft, aren't they? Mmm. Mm. So, it's interesting what you're saying about uh, invocation, because do you know about Gilles de Ray, the 15th century French lord, who was a notorious child killer and was a protégé of Joan of Arc's? One of the things he was accused of at his trial was uh, of summoning devils when he was running out of money, burnt all through all his money. This, he had a big area of the Loire Valley that he managed to basically piss up the wall. And if you read the transcripts of the trial papers, they're brilliant descriptions of the invocations of the demons. The demonologists would come in, take lots of money off him, lock the door, and then it would sound almost like there were men inside throwing themselves around, screaming and banging on the walls, <laughs> and rattling suits of armour, making mm. haunting noises, and then they'd stick their heads out and say things like, the demon needs more money. And he'd give them more money. And Gilderay was never allowed to see the demon, because it would be too much for him. Yeah. And one time he insisted on being in the room, and apparently there was a skylight a presence walked across the top. It was almost like a cat oh. had walked across during the night. Wooses. And they think that that was the demon, this cat-like beast, the size of a cat. So this Dory was, was evil, but an idiot. A bit like Boris Damage. Johnson. Mm. Interesting. Well, anyway, enough booth. Now, I've got yeah, yeah. just one other thing, piece of paperwork for you guys. Um, these letters have been coming um, in. Okay, yeah. The, <clears throat> not, um, um, I th- thought that some of them will have had no uh, money in, did you? You I've got, well, yeah, but it's mainly the. I've got a lot of repeat letters from people. Oh, oh, okay. With the money, so do you, I kind of would like you to handle that if that's all right. All right, all right, all right. right. Yeah. That wasn't part of my. Okay. 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 So we've got a big bloody pile of letters here, Mister Matfield. What, what are they saying? What's, um, what's going on? They all pretty much have the same. Okay, dear Mister Matfield and Doctor Brownwell. 
I sent two 50 euro notes over a month ago in response to your Illuminatus competition. Oh, yeah. And I've heard nothing since. Uh, I've tried checking your website and calling your hotline to no avail. Please, please get in touch. I include another two 50 euro notes in case the originals didn't get through. Your loving mother. Okay, that's fine. P.S. Your Uncle Frank's taken a turn for the worst. Oh, God. No, we don't have to worry. He's always doing that. Um, that that's fine. That's, don't worry about that. That's okay. And oh, But we do have to reiterate that um, that well, competition's still open, isn't it? Well, it is. I mean, thanks to thanks to that listener yeah. for writing in to remind us that that competition to send in your um, thanks, large... Mom large currency bills to, to check for evidence, evidence of Illuminati signs and conspiracy, um, then uh, that's still open. We, we're still accepting... Pretty much that runs for the entirety of the podcast and beyond, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It does. That's and, an open competition. And we promise we will be we will be pinning up photos. We've got technical difficulties, um, but once they're resolved, and I, they will be resolved at some point, we will post up that and you will be the wiser for it. Y- your lives will be changed forever. A bit like our filing demon. Yeah. So that uh, that pretty much wraps up our podcast number twelve with Father Jimmy Burke on demonology. A particular favourite of mine, that one, uh, and uh, whether or not he's a real father. So if you have any questions, if you would like to keep sending us some uh, large bills through the mail, then write to us, Mr. Mountfield and Dr. Bramwell, Auditorium Podcast, England, UK. And- uh, but don't put a stamp on it. It's we we have a free post system. The auditorium is presented by Dr. David Bramwell and Mr. David Mountfield. The producers are Lance Dan and Andrew Mailing. You can discover more about the show at oddpodcast.com where you can find out about upcoming events and festival shows. If you'd like to give a talk about something that you're passionate about, then email us at contact at oddpodcast.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at OddPodcastUK. Talks from the Auditorium are featured in Earnest Journal, a magazine for the curious and adventurous. If you like the Auditorium, then please leave a review for us on iTunes.